0: Our reading today comes from the book of Acts. It is the 16th chapter, starting at verse 9, if you want to follow along in the Red Pew Bible. It's a story of Paul's travels and who he meets. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen this vision, We immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail for Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul And when she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Friends, grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This story today of Paul's travels, uh, it's a story that we've heard a lot. It's a story that I feel like I've preached on a lot here, even at Bethlehem. Um, And many times the story takes a turn of Paul's call. He set out on a course and the Holy Spirit interrupts him and changes his course. Sometimes leads him in surprising ways and that's how it is in our life sometimes too. Uh, He meets an unexpected person, Lydia, who is a foreigner, uh, and and surprising things happen there, Um, and uh, there's also this gift that Lydia offers of hospitality, and those are all great ideas that, that grow out of this text, but this time when I read it, I really, the words about her, Lydia, and her family being baptized are what stuck out to me. Because of this encounter with Paul, who she didn't know and wasn't expecting to meet, God opened her heart, she listened, and she and her whole family were baptized. It was a pretty amazing kind of thing, I think, that happened there. Now, it might be because we're coming into summer and uh, water is all over, on our thoughts, in our yards, you know, out at the lake, things that we we're planning on doing. Maybe that was part of it too. Uh, there are lots of themes of water in the Bible. Can you name a couple of them? I want you to speak. The Red Sea, Moses. Moses Moses, as a baby was put into the river, right? And also Moses parted the Red Sea. huh? Noah's Ark, the flood in Noah, that's a big one, right? That's all you got, huh? Yeah, the New Testament has stories of water too, right? There is Jesus out on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples. There's the storm calming the sea. There is uh, walking on the water. There's the in John, there's the woman at the well, where Jesus tells her that he offers living water. Well, there's also, in the very beginning, there's the creation story, where God separates the, the water and the dry land. And you know, in the Old Testament, many times water is referred to as the chaos, that God calms the chaos, because water is this big, powerful thing. It's unpredictable, right? You don't always know what's gonna happen was this big, powerful thing, and it's referred to as the chaos sometimes. Well, in our, in our Christian life, when we think about baptism, what greater thing, what more powerful thing could we use than water to combine with God's word for God's everlasting promise of love? When we think about water today in our lives, right? it is something that sustains life. All living creatures, all living creatures need water to survive, right? We can't live very long without water. We can go a lot longer without food. Well, I can't, but you know what I mean. We're not going to live very long without water. We need water. So water gives life, but also, as we talked about, it can be very destructive, too, Tornadoes and floodings and hurricanes—all kinds of unpredictable things that happen with water. Anybody here grow up by water? I know Pastor Jeff did because he just shared a story with me about it this week. Others? Yeah, a couple hands maybe. Yeah. Well, there is something about being next to water, right? It feels different. You hear different things. I didn't ask him, but I'm just going to share it anyway. So Pastor Jeff told me that his room, his bedroom, faced a big creek, and he would sleep with the window open just so he could hear that water moving. There's something about that sound. When I got to visit my daughter back in January in Florida, I videotaped, that's not even the right way to say it anymore, on my phone. I videoed it. um, At the, the gulf, the water, the tide coming in, and out and in and out. It's such a rhythm. It's such a calming and peaceful thing. I think you can even purchase apps on your phone now that will give you that sound to calm you down. But we tend to go towards water when we want to relax, when we want to gather, when we want to um, just uh, vacation or slow down. Well, the setting of the story that I read to you today with Paul, it has a lot of water in it too, which hadn't really occurred to me before. But Paul is setting sail out into this missionary trip with his partners, and he thinks he knows where he's going, but the Holy Spirit stops him and says, no, you're not going there, you're going in a different direction. And so he sails towards Macedonia and ends up in Philippi, And Philippi would have been, um, like it's said in the text, it's a big Roman colony, but there would have been a lot of trade there because it was a port and it was on the water. People coming and going during that time. Probably a lot of foreigners going in and out of that place. So he's at an unexpected place and he finds himself on the Sabbath day. So do you remember where he goes? He goes outside the gate and he goes down by the river. He goes down by the water. And he's hoping that by going down there to the river, he might find a place of prayer. So people are gathering there right now. And because of that pull to this place by the river where they're praying, he has this encounter and meets Lydia, who is not expecting to meet him either. Unlikely people, this chance meeting, God opens her heart, and they're all baptized. Possibly the first European convert, Lydia. Well, like I said, we're talking about water, and we're talking about baptism, and I think this story can demonstrate for us how God's action is moving in and through these people in mysterious and powerful ways, unexpected ways, When we um, gather for baptism here at worship, families come together. We as a community come together and we celebrate this new life in Christ. And you know what? At the end of life, we put the white funeral pall, the cloth over the casket and we celebrate life there too at the end to remember who we belong to and that our identity is in Christ. First, And foremost it's why we wear white robes too although I guess I don't have a good example today but to demonstrate that we're clothed in Christ that that is our first identity there is all kinds of symbolism within the church within creation too of this living water and what it means to have life in Christ and what it means to be baptized So I have the honor many times to meet with families and do a baptism orientation. And we talk about why we baptize and what it might mean. And that's usually the first question that I ask them is, why would you like to have your family member baptized? And it's not a test, you know, it's not necessarily a right or wrong, but there are so many different answers that people give from tradition to culture to, I don't know, I was baptized, so I think they should be baptized too. I want God to take them as a child, all kinds of different reasons. But first and foremost, understand that at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus commands us to go out and baptize. He says, go out and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he says that, as a way to remember, to remember who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. And that is where the roots of baptism come from. As Lutherans, we see baptism as entirely God's action, entirely God's action. It's not about us standing up and saying, okay, God, I'm ready, I'm ready to be baptized, I've got it all figured out. No, and that's why our practice is generally with infants to demonstrate that this is a conscious decision that we're making although friends we have baptized a lot of adults lately what a joy that is i don't know maybe six or seven adults we've had in the last couple years since i've been here if you know someone who wants to be baptized please let us know or connect we would love to do that but our practice is infants Because they're not making that decision. It's God's action. And that's why we only baptize once. God doesn't need a do-over, ever. God is faithful. There might be seasons in our life where we move and we feel like our faith is really strong. And there might be other seasons in our life where we feel far away from God. But friends, that doesn't change how God feels about us. God is always right there with us. God never needs a do-over. God is faithful to this everlasting promise, this powerful promise to always be with us, always be with us, and to always love us. It's like an inheritance. God, through Jesus Christ, has already done all the saving work. The work isn't up to us. If it were, well that would be some bad news because we would most certainly fail. God's already done the work. He set it aside for us. He's claimed us and named us, and we just stand up publicly and say, amen, which means this is true. That is baptism from our perspective. An easy way to think about it sometimes, and again, what I say to families, is to think about the tub and the table, right? Right? So we have a table here at church. God has a table in God's home. Maybe at the end of the day, you come home from work or from whatever your activities have been and you gather around your table and you say to each other, hey, how was your day? What did you do today? You reconnect with each other. You remember who you belong to. You remember who your tribe is, who your people are. And you eat, you have a meal and you're nourished, and you're fed, and you're sent back out. And the same thing happens here at the Lord's table. We gather here together as a community. We remember who we belong to. We come to the table hungry and broken, and we are fed and made new, and we are sent out into the world to do it again. Same thing happens at God's tub, right? Especially ones with little ones know that Baths happen multiple times a day, right? But we know too that if we want to relax or maybe before we rest or maybe when we're just really dirty or been outside working, we want to take a shower to be renewed, to be refreshed. The same thing happens when we come to God's tub. We come there to be washed clean, to be made new again, and to go be sent out into the world. Luther would say that we do that over and over all day long, every day. Which is a good thing that God sees it that way. Well, Lydia's story, if you break it down, it talks about there's a call, God's call to come to this place. There is a gathering of people, by the river where they're at a place of prayer and they're praying and they're listening and because of that God opens hearts God opens hearts and they're baptized very similar to what we're doing today we gather together because of God's call we listen to God's Word and we pray And God opens our hearts to surprising and miraculous things that are happening out in this world. So, friends, this summer, as we move into this summer, we're finally here. I want you to think about your baptism. Whether it's, like I said, raindrops, or it's putting the sprinkler out in the yard, walk through it. If you're out at the lake, at the campfire, or you're out on a boat fishing, and you hear that water, or maybe you're just putting your hands under the faucet to wash them. Know that you are claimed and named in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you are a child of God, marked with the cross of Christ forever. Nothing will ever change that. You are loved You are God's child, renewed and sent out to make a difference in this world. Thanks be to God. Amen.